Nazareth, when Jesus was on the earth, and how he experienced so many different types of emotions, joy and peace and comfort and love. And I saw all of that during the worship today. You know, little Kelsey running up and down the aisle and just enjoying herself. I mean, it was all full of joy. And uh, Lance, for just for what you shared, appreciate your sharing that. Thank you. And, uh, and just the peace that God brings. You know, the Holy Spirit was here and still is. But, uh, you know, that's the, the peace that, that, really, that really comes from that. So a number of months ago, I, I started a, uh, a sermon with, with, a, with a question. And we have a lot of new people here. So I figured I, with what I wanted to talk about today, I figured it would be a good question to ask again. So the question was, who are the most influential people in America? I mean, are they, uh, you know, our politicians? Are they our educators, you know, college, especially college educators? Are there our students who are coming up into the realm of things? Who are the most influential? And I'll give you a second to think about it. All right, time's up. <laughs> and if you said or thought in your mind that it's people who pray, then you're correct. All right? People who pray are the most influential people in America. And I think about, um, you know, there's a lot that has really gone on in America, but there is also a lot of people who have been praying for America for a long, long time. And, you know, we don't know what would have happened had people not been praying. But I think of, uh, you know, all the, uh, the things with ISIS and, and all the things that could be done. I, sometimes I go through my mind and I'm thinking, you know, it's so easy to do things to a you know to people in America that would actually hurt people because that's what they like to do, and you know it's just a matter of you know getting like some kind of poison or something into the water supply or something some simple things but that those things have not happened, and I think that's God's protection on us through prayer. So even though sometimes when we pray and it doesn't look like things are getting better. And, and, and it really doesn't look that way. But at the same time, we still don't know what would have happened if we weren't. So we, we have to keep, kind of keep that in mind. I love what uh, Jay said about prayer two weeks ago in here and how it's love. And that's, you know, that's what prayer is all about. It's what would come out of us. It should be in a, you know, in Psalm 100, where it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, come into his courts with praise. Those things should just flow out of us when we're talking to the one that we love. Because that's what prayer is. It's, it's talking to the one we love, and, and the one we love is listening and, and answering. Now, did you ever have a prayer that was not answered? I don't believe it's possible. If I said to, to, to Jay, if I didn't know Jay, and I said, what's your name? Do you think he's going to sit there and just not answer me? <laughs> you think God's going to do that? He, he always answers prayer. Now, sometimes it does take time. And sometimes it's not the answer we wanted to get. But I believe that he always, always answers prayer because he loves us. It's, it's all that, that part of that love that, that Jay talked about two weeks ago. It's, it's so important. It's an act of love 
conversing with the one who loves us. Right? It's, it's, such, it's just such a beautiful thing. It says, as we pray, our will will line up eventually with what God's will. It, it, it's a, such a point that whatever we were praying for in the beginning, it doesn't matter anymore. It really doesn't. It's whatever God's will is, that's what's going to matter. And that's, it, you know, when we get to that point in our prayer life where uh, the, the things that we're praying for just don't really matter because what do you want, Lord? What do you want here? And God's going to show us that eventually as long as we're open to his, to his Holy Spirit. I, I want to talk a, a little bit about intercessory prayer today because uh, we haven't really touched too much on that. And I think as, as we... If we want to understand intercessory prayer, and, you know, it, it's basically a, a prayer, according to definitions, a prayer or petition for someone else, okay, in favor of another person. And, and I, I believe that God does set certain people aside to be intercessors. But I want to kind of compare it to, like, an evangelist. He sets certain people aside to be evangelists, too, like Billy Graham. All right, Billy Graham can talk in front of 100,000 people and lead half of them to the Lord. Okay, we can't do that. You know, it just doesn't work the same because he is an evangelist. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't evangelize. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't lead people to the Lord like Billy Graham's doing. We just don't get the numbers that, that he would get. It's the same thing with an intercessor. All right, I think certain people are set aside to be intercessors, but we all in our own way, our intercessors. We are all interceding for various people, for various uh, uh, countries, for various things that are going on in the world. And it's really important to, uh, to, be, to be aware of that. I, of course, the, the greatest example of an intercessor is Jesus, right? I mean, he just took our place on the cross. He took upon himself all our sins, okay, and, and died for them. So if you're ever trying to think of how do I define intercessor, just think of Jesus, all right, because that's it. It's right there, all right. But I want to go into the book of Daniel, which a lot of you are probably familiar with already, and see how Daniel was an intercessor for the, uh, the nation of Israel. And we're going to start in chapter 9. And I'm, I'm going to um, just read a couple of scriptures in various chapters just to get a flavor of how he was an intercessor and then what happens as far as answered prayer is concerned. So in chapter 9, I'm just going to read verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the numbers of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. So he's talking about, in the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah specified that Israel was going to be taken into captivity for a certain period of time. That he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So here we are, we're, we're approaching 70 years of Israel's captivity by the Persian Empire at that time. And then, now I'm going to skip over to chapter 10 and verse 2. 
And it says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Okay, this mourning means he was fasting and praying. Okay, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. This is where we get the Daniel fast from. All right, uh, when you, you're not eating food that you normally would enjoy, you just basically eat the, the bare necessities. So you're uh, eating vegetables and I, I don't remember the, the, the whole Daniel fast, but it's just like, you know, that cup of coffee you enjoy in the morning, you don't get to have and, and you don't get to eat uh, bread and, and various things like that. So in, in, for Daniel, this was he chose to eat not the king's food, food or the pharaoh's food or whatever, <laughs> who was the leader back then. Um, but, uh, who, you know, he, he could have had the choicest of foods, and he gave all that up for three, three full weeks. Okay, now we skip over to ver- verse 10 in chapter 10. Okay, and an angel um, appears to Daniel. It says, suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, remember Persia was ruling over Israel right now, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, this was, um, this is not a prince in, in the world. This is a prince in the spirit world. Okay. Withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me. For I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Okay, so it took 21 days for the answer to come while Daniel was praying. And we have to understand this in our prayer life. When we're interceding, all right, sometimes the answer doesn't come right away. Sometimes it takes time for that, for, for that to break through. The, the, the problem here is that sometimes we pray once and we say that's it and, you know, it's taken care of, you know, and it's given over to the Lord. And it, we have to be very sensitive to the Holy Spirit in the times that we're praying to God because sometimes the answer isn't there yet. And we have to pray the next day and the next day. And sometimes it's years we don't know. You know, it's hard to tell. And we, we have to really be listening within our spirits to know when, the, when is God saying enough. You don't have to pray about that anymore. There are many instances in the Bible where God's telling us, be persistent in prayer. All right? You have to keep, you know, you, you have to be a pest to God. And he wants you to be a pest. He just, that's what he wants you to do. So, you know, we, we just have to uh, remember that. Um, as we're as we're uh, praying, there, there's uh, a number of issues that God put on my heart years ago to intercede for. One of them is our country, all right. And like I said before, I, I've been praying for our country uh, seriously probably for about 25 years, and I've watched things get worse. 
and I don't know, you know, what that means. But again, we don't know what would have happened if, if, if I wasn't or many people who aren't because we also belong to the Intercessors for America. We know that there are people all over our country who are praying for our country regularly. Okay? And we, we won't really see a whole lot of things getting better. Also, God put on my heart to, to pray for Israel. You know, if, if you really want to be blessed, pray for the apple of God's eye. Because he tells us that uh, in Genesis 12.3, he said, um, let's see if I can get that really fast. He says in verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Okay? How often do we thank God because all the families of the earth, our family, your family, my family, are all blessed through Israel, through the Jewish people. Okay? So those are things, I mean, a lot of times we just kind of look, look past them. And in praying for our country, we really need to pray for leaders. It's so, it's so important. He tells us that in Timothy, that to pray for all men, first of all, for leaders. All right? that, that's really, really important because it's the righteousness of the leaders that will bring peace to the nation. Uh, in uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 32, verse 7, God says, The work of righteousness will be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. These are the things that, um, in general, that we should pray for. Now, our town really needs prayer here. And, you know, God didn't place us here by accident. All right? We're not here in Hyde Park because uh, there was no place else to go, so we wound up here. No, I think God, God placed us here, and I think it's uh, when we think of what is going on. Right now in the high, in, in high school, Roosevelt High School, they're having a, a heroin epidemic. It's, it's not just Roosevelt. It's all throughout New York State. The uh, governor and uh, many of the legislators in Albany have been meeting wondering what do we do about this heroin epidemic because, it, you know, it's so cheap now. Kids are able to get it so easily, and uh, there's so many people that are, you know, being uh, affected by it. And, of course, they don't know what to do. We have to pray for them that they would have that, uh, the, the, the wisdom, and also that they be righteous in their decision-making so that uh, the decisions that they make, uh, are, are going to be righteous ones as far as the kids are concerned. There's also the epidemic of sexual diseases that are going on. And I, in, in doing this workshop that I do for, for CareNet, the numbers are just mind-boggling. I just, I just can't believe them when, when, I, when I see them. How many new people in America get a sexual disease every single year? Now, I, I think in terms of how many people live in New York City? I think it's between 7 and 8 million. Well, the number of new sexual diseases every single year in America, 28 million people. I, I, I find that mind-boggling, but that's the immorality that's going on in our country. 
And the only way that we're going to get rid of this is through prayer. It's, it's just not going to work any other way. You can't, you can't battle this in the flesh. Second Corinthians 10. I, I, just to confirm what we, we were just talking about. Second Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh... We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Whose strongholds? They're Satan's strongholds. Okay? We can't pull these strongholds down in the flesh. We can't make laws and pull these strongholds down. It's not going to work. All right? We really need to be in constant prayer, in intercessory prayer, uh, to, to do this. Okay, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And then over into Ephesians chapter 6. This is very familiar to most of us. Starting in verse 14. It says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. If you look at all of those things that Paul's talking about here, most of those things are for our protection. The helmet, the breastplate, okay? All of these things, they pr protect us. But there's only one which reaches out to protect other people. And that's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we need to use the Word of God in our prayer for other people. When we're praying for Roosevelt High School and against all the drugs and against the sexual diseases and anything else that, that they're dealing with there, we need to have the Word of God, all right? Or else it's just not going to work. That's the sword of the Spirit that's going to do it, okay? We have all those other things to protect ourselves, all right? But you look at those protections, there's nothing for the back, okay? It's each of us praying for each other that's protecting our back. And it's the backs of those kids, too, that we need to be right. praying for. So it, it, it is really important that we begin interceding using God's Word. Okay, to, and as, as we do that, as we make proclamations, all right, those important proclamations, uh, they will begin to infiltrate that spirit because that is a demonic spirit that's bringing the drugs in. That's a demonic spirit that's bringing in the diseases that uh, people are, are experiencing. We have in our town psychics, fortune tellers. We have a store called Giggles. All right? These are things which we really need to be praying against because these are not moral things that should be allowed in our town. Okay? And it's 
only us, the Christian community, that can be on their knees praying for these things. Okay, so uh, what I want to do as a retired teacher is to give you a homework assignment. <laughs> it's just an aid. I just, you know, it just never, never leaves you. Even, even after you're retired, you still got to do it. But I, I, I want you to pick out or find one scripture that you can proclaim, all right, that either that it's about something either you're dealing with or something that you're praying for somebody else about, whether it's, you know, um, praying for the high school, trying to uh, take, you know, get the devil out of your family, get the devil out of your life, get the devil out of your, uh, your kids' lives or whatever it might be. But just a scripture that you can memorize. You see, when, when you go into, I think it's Matthew chapter 4, and you see the devil uh, trying to tempt Jesus, what did Jesus say? All three times, it is written, it is written, it is written. Now, he didn't open his Bible and say, hold on, let me find this scripture. He had it memorized, okay? And that's what we really need to do. We need to memorize scripture, all right? I mean, this week, one scripture, but I I think it's something that we need to set up a pattern on, on ourselves so that we have these scriptures handy to be able to deal with whatever problems, issues that either we're facing or if we're interceding for other people and we have them, okay? And it's, 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 it's great to have these scriptures because then you're not dependent on uh, having that Bible in front of you at all times. Nothing more with having the Bible, but it's, it's, we don't want to be depending on that if we need to have those scriptures in mind. I remember Derek Prince telling a story about one of the, uh, uh, during World War II, when some of the people, uh, Christians in, in Europe, were put into prisons, and they were given basically nothing. And the only thing they had was anything that they memorized. So if they had memorized scripture, they could constantly repeat those scriptures and, and talk to other people about, about what, was, what was in the Bible. If they didn't have any scripture memorized, they had nothing because obviously the people who arrested them wouldn't give them anything to be able to read. So we need to set up a pattern in our own lives where we're going to be memorizing these scriptures, but try, and, try at least in this week to get one scripture, you know, uh, take Psalm 91 or something, and, and you can personalize the scriptures, okay? If it's about yourself, it's a healing, you know. I will say of you, Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely you will deliver me from the foulest snare and from the perilous pestilence. And, and something like that, if you're looking for healing, you just say that over and over and over again during the day. And, that, and it just, you get that, that word right into your heart. And it's really, you know, really important. So, Father God, we just hold you up before you right now, Lord God. We thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your blessings, Lord. We thank you for this town that you placed us in. And Lord, even though there are many issues and many problems in this town, Lord God, we know that you're here ready to, to, to solve a lot of these problems. A lot of the problems that uh, our government is, uh, is just straining to, uh, to be able to solve. And we pray, Lord, that uh, 
we would be able to be of assistance in this, Lord. You have placed us here, and we want to do what you want us to do in this. We want to know your word. We want to use your word. We want that, the sword of the Spirit just removing these drugs from the high school, Lord God. We want the sword of the Spirit just helping out uh, a lot of these kids, Lord God, that are facing um, early uh, sexual diseases, Lord God, or early pregnancies. Lord, we just uh, want the sword of the Spirit just here, just uh, traveling right through this whole town, Lord God, so that we have a town that, Lord, is righteous, that has a righteous government, and, and righteousness just prevails in it, Lord God, a town that can reach out to other towns. And, and help them in bringing your presence yes. into their lives. And we pray that, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.